If you take your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And we're going to continue tonight in our study on the spiritual gifts and uh, just looking at what God has given to us. And last week we were able to study that out as last couple weeks. And we've gone in depth on what the spiritual gifts are. And here's the reason we've done that. You're in 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at chapter number 12. And starting in verse number 1, it says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Here's why we're studying this. So that we'd know. So that we would not be ignorant. So that we would know the truth in this area. Each of us have had times where we did not quite understand something. We didn't, we didn't understand how it all worked. I don't know for you, uh, school, and actually a prayer request that, that we're going to try to spend a little bit of time tonight at the end uh, praying for is tomorrow uh, banning schools go back. It's hard to believe, but tomorrow banning schools will go back. So we want to pray for our, the teachers that'll be there, the students that'll be there, and everything going on there. But, but remember, you remember those first days of school when you went back? I, I don't know if you, how many of you liked the first day of school? How many of you like the first? Okay, that, that's some. How many of you like the second day? Nobody. Oh, so a few. Okay. Usually, usually the first day was okay, right? You were excited to get up. Maybe you had like the new clothes or the new backpack or you wanted to go see your friends a little bit. But that second day, I already know with my kids, that's exactly how it's going to play out. Like the first day, I'm going to be able to walk in there and be like, guys, it's time for school. And they're going to get up out of bed and they're ready to go. And the second day, the response will not be nearly as quick, right? They're, they're not going to be excited. But I remember in school, we, you, you went to that class, and for many, it was probably math class, where you're sitting there and you just didn't understand it. And it wasn't until maybe, maybe you saw it on the board, maybe through doing it a few times, that you were able to understand it. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're doing every time we open God's Word. We want to understand what God's Word says. So specifically these last several weeks, we've looked at spiritual gifts. Now we have laid out seven spiritual gifts that we've looked at. And the first one that we looked at, we looked at Romans chapter 12 to get these, but the first gift was prophecy, the gift of prophecy. And what was this? We were using this as the proclamation of truth, proclaiming truth. That's what prophecy, what our definition that we've given to it. Ministry or helps. This is a desire to help and serve God's people. Teaching, the ability to teach God's truth, helping people understand how his word applies to them. The fourth one that we looked at, and we looked at these last week, exhortation or encouragement, the ability and desire to encourage others in the Christian life. Giving, the ability and desire to give to God's work and people. Ruling, Administration, the ability to lead and administrate. Mercy, the ability to feel the pain of others. Now remember what we've looked at in this study. These are seven gifts that God has given each person in the church a gift. Each person that has been saved has a gift that they've been given. Now the first part of this study, what we've looked at, is to discover your gift. What is the gift that God has given to you? And I don't know if any of you had a chance to complete last week. We passed out a, a, what we call the spiritual gifts test. And maybe you didn't get it last week. We've got some more out there in the foyer. You can pick one up on the way out. Or, or maybe you 
put it in your Bible and forgot to do it or something like that. I understand that happens. But I want to challenge each one of us to take this spiritual gifts test. Now, just as we said last week, this does not mean that I take this test and it for sure tells me what my spiritual gift is. This is just a guide. It gives you an idea. And the best way to determine your spiritual gift is to get involved. Get involved. Get involved and see where your spiritual gift is at. We, we concluded last week with a quote, God hits a moving target. When we're moving, when we're doing something for God, that's when God's going to direct us and he's going to show us the best way to serve. So what we're going to look at today, the, these are gifts. And the important thing is to discover our gifts. Now, hopefully we spent some time really examining that and thinking about that. What is the gift that I have? And here's another way that you can sort of work on this gift is talk to somebody that's close to you. You know, sometimes we, we deceive ourselves. We think we're good in an area when maybe we're not quite as good as what we think. And talk to a friend, somebody that really knows you, and ask them, hey, do you think that this is a gift that God's given me? Because, again, people will see it. It'll be part of your character, your nature there. But there is another issue that we're looking at, not just discovering your gift, developing and using your gifts. You see, growing up, well, how many of you, growing up or even today, there are people that when they get you a gift, it's not always going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I remember there are people, I'm not going to say who they were growing up, but if you did not tell them specifically what it was that you were asking for, you're ending up with some ugly sweater, right? Like that, that's what happens, right? You're ending up with a sweater you're never going to use. Now, nowadays, that's cool, right? You can wear, save it and wear it to a Christmas party or something like that. But it, you got that sweater. You know what it's like. You open up that gift and you've got to have that smile. You've got to say, oh, thank you. I, that, that's great. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, what am I going to do with this, right? Or... If you're worse than that, here's what you're doing. You're looking at it saying, I wonder where they got this from so that I can return it. Like, you know, those are the thoughts that are going through your mind at that point. I, I'm, I'm not a big ugly Christmas sweater, but when I was looking for this picture, I saw a great ugly Christmas sweater. I want to show you guys this. This could be something that you buy. If you can't see, it's a sweater. In the middle right there is a mirror. So anybody that's in front of you, you can have that mirror sort of showing them and you can say that's the ugly. I, I thought it was a good sweater there. But... There's people that when they give you a gift, you're like, uh, I, I, thank you. You know, and you appreciate, right, the thought that counts, but you know there's nothing, you're never using that gift. So there's specific people that maybe you would ask something from. Some people you just say, hey, give me whatever, and you know they would get you something. Other people, especially as a kid, I remember, he's like, I've got to ask for something specific, or it's going to be something that I, I'm never going to use. Nowadays, it's gotten much easier. Anyone have somebody that you need to shop for that you just can't figure out what to buy them? Anybody like, like, they, they sort of have everything you think and you don't know what to buy them. And so here's what we've gone to, gift cards. Aren't gift cards an amazing thing? You can get a gift card, you can give somebody the gift card and they can get whatever they want. They can never be unhappy with the gift that you got them. Because they can get whatever, and now you don't even have to worry about what store. You can just get, I mean, you can buy everything on Amazon, right? Just get an Amazon gift card, and what could they not buy? Like, anything they want would be right there for them. Gift cards are a great thing. 
One thing I was shocked to find out, it is estimated that one out of every five gift cards that is purchased is never used. One out of every five gift cards that somebody buys, that somebody gives to somebody else is never used. I don't know how they estimate this, but this is what they've estimated since about 2010. There have been $6 billion worth of gift cards that have never been used. That's a lot. Now, here's the thing. I use my gift cards unless I lose them. Uh, that, I, that has happened before. Or anyone ever got a gift card like stolen in the mail before? You ever, you ever had that? I, uh, we just got um, my aunt, a very, very sweet lady. She sends the kids a, uh, a, a McDonald's gift cards for Easter. Like that's what she'll send them, little so they can go get their own Happy Meal. And when we got the card, it was like sliced open a little bit, and there was only one of the cards left. Like the other ones, who somebody had to have taken them out. You know, so so those those times, those are the times I don't use the gift cards. But besides that, I'm going to use the gift card. It, it amazes me, people. They, I don't know if they're sitting in their wallets, they're sitting in their purse. They've got the money, they've got the gift. It's right there for them to use but they never ever use it. I believe one of the problems we face in churches today is many people do not use the gift that God gave them. You see, God's given each one of us a gift to use in a local New Testament church, but we have to use the gift. Just as a gift card does us no good when it's in our wallet, having a gift and not using it it really serves no purpose. The problem is many people don't use the gift that God gave them. What we've looked at is to discover, develop, and use your gifts. So we've covered discovering your gifts. Now let's look how should we use the gifts that God has given to us. And the first point I want to look at today is to walk in the Spirit daily. Walk in the Spirit daily. Here's the focus of our life needs to be my relationship with God. It, we're going to talk about serving other people. We're going to talk about getting involved. We're going to talk about all of those things. And all of those are important. But the most important thing that you can do for this church, for your family, is to walk daily with God. That is the most important thing you can do. Let God control you. Galatians 5.16 says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are we walking in the Spirit daily? Now that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. But that's what we need to do. We need to strive every day. Spend time with God. Follow what God would want us to do. Obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit puts on your heart something to do, I need to obey, I need to do that. Are we walking in the Spirit daily? Then we must learn what we can about our gift. Learn all we can about our gift. So let's say right now you believe I have the gift of mercy. I, I, I don't know what it is. But maybe you, through this study, you, you've, you've prayed about it. Maybe you've taken a, the, the test. Maybe you've even talked to people. But you believe the gift of mercy is the gift that God has given to you. So let me say that what you need to do now is study. Now, where do we go to study that? What better place to study the gift that God has given us than God's word that he gave to us? 
2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. A lot of times we just focus on that first part, which is very, very important that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So that means every part of the Bible God gave to us. That is the word of God for us today. And that's an important part of that verse, but notice the verse continues on. And is profitable for doctrine. It's going to tell you what to believe. For reproof, it's going to tell you maybe what you have wrong. For correction, how to make it right. For instruction in righteousness, how to live right. That's what God's word is there for. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So if you believe that this is the gift that God has given you, why not study that out? What are ways that we can study out? Let's just take the example of the gift of mercy. Okay, the gift of mercy. Maybe that's one that you feel as if God has given to you. There are many different ways to study that. We have never lived in a day and age where study resources are more accessible. In fact, let me give you one. There there is a free uh, app I believe you can get, or you can just get it online. It's called eSword. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's called eSword. On your computer, you can get that. The Bible will be there. Here's what you can do with that app. You can put in, let's say mercy is your gift. You can put in search. Put the word mercy there, and here's what it'll bring up. Every time that word is used in the Bible. Every time. It'll be right there for you. You can read through, and you can see. You know what you're going to see when you study out that word mercy? You're going to see a lot of times it's going to refer to God's mercy for us. What better way to learn about mercy than how God has displayed mercy for us? You can go to giving. You can look. You can look up the word giving. You can go to ruling. There are so many different ways that we can get information about that gift, but we must study out that gift. What does it mean? To have the gift of teaching. What does that mean? We're going to go to God's word. We're going to look at examples in God's word. Who is the greatest teacher that ever lived? Jesus. So what better way to learn about teaching than to read the gospels and how Jesus taught people? Read the examples of when Jesus... Go to Matthew chapter 5, verses Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount. The longest recorded message that we have of Jesus. Read that. You're going to see how he taught people. One thing you're going to see when Jesus taught people, what did he often do? Ask questions. He would ask why. There's a purpose for that. So if you believe that one of these is your gift, what I want to recommend that you do is to study this out for yourself. I know studying is a word we don't like to use that much. Right? It's like, I've graduated high school, I've graduated college, I don't want to study anymore, right? I'm retiring from that. But understand, the Bible does say, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I need to study God's word. I need to get into God's word. I am so thankful for Mountain Avenue Baptist Church. I'm so thankful for our pastor who gets up and proclaims God's word and teaches us God's word. I'm thankful for those growth group teachers that on Sunday morning will be all throughout the campus and they'll be teaching God's word. There's there's many different avenues to be taught God's word, but nothing will ever replace studying God's word for yourself. That's where... We, if we're going to get better, if we're going to learn more about this, we need to study this out for ourselves. Do a word study. 
There's other ideas. We, we can talk individually or answer questions about maybe different ideas of how you can study. But I just want to encourage you to get into God's word and study out that gift that maybe you feel this is what the gift God has given me. So what does that mean in God's word? Study that out. And then third, develop and use your gift. Develop your gift by using it. How will I develop a gift by using the gift? 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 25 says this, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Paul oftentimes in Scripture is going to use sort of a sports analogy. Here he's going to use one of the main sports of the day, racing. And he's saying those that run a race, they are striving for a purpose. They're striving. They want to receive the prize. And then it talks about how in our life, we're striving too. But our prize is much greater than an Olympic gold medal. It's much greater than a... So how, anyone in here win a medal in track and field in high school? Anyone win one? Oh, so, okay, we got a few. All right, a few. Um, think about all the medals that you guys won in junior high and high school or whatever it was. Do you even know where they're at anymore? Do they even matter anymore? It's, it's a corruptible crown. I mean, it was big at the time, and it's fun to win, of course, but it doesn't really matter in the long run. But the race that we're running now, it matters. It's incorruptible. It's important for us to run this race so that we may obtain. We are running this race, and God has given each one of us a specific gift to use in this race, a specific purpose in this race. And I thought of this illustration this week. On Friday night, I took my family. We went to the Redlands Bowl. Has anybody been to the Redlands Bowl? I, I have lived here 14 years and have never been there. It, it's actually very, very nice. Right there in Redlands, downtown Redlands, you park on the street, you walk over, and it's an amphitheater right there. And you sit down, and they put on different, different performances. Last, last weekend, they put on a performance of The Little Mermaid. And it was done by the same people. Some of you have been. We've taken groups to the Lifehouse Theater before. It was the same people that, that run the Lifehouse Theater were sort of doing that right there. And they had everybody out there. They had an orchestra right there that was performing. They, it's all completely free. And it was really cool. The whole community comes out there. And you've got people. And it's right in the neighborhood. And it was a lot of fun. I'm always fascinated by those types of performances. The work that goes into them. An orchestra. That's a lot of work. I've got to say, God has never given me a gift of music. To play, to sing, to really understand music, that's not what I have. But I do like it. And you think about an orchestra and when the whole group gets together, all different instruments brought together, some of them doing different parts. You think about a play like that. You've got the orchestra that is playing. You've got the actors and the actresses that are, that are going along with it. You've got the stage crew that's there that's taking things off, bringing other uh, props back on. People are always running around, and there's a lot going on. But everybody there has a specific role. 
Everybody there is working together for a specific purpose. That's very similar to what a church should be. You see, if we are going to develop and use our gifts, we must realize there is a unity of gifts, a unity of gifts. And we find that unity of gifts, if you're still there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to skip down to verse number 4. Verse number 4 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Here's what we're going to look at. Next week we're going to look a little bit more at this passage. Because I do believe that some of the gifts that were mentioned in this passage are no longer given to the church today. And we're going to study that out. Why, why I believe the Bible teaches that there are some of those gifts that we do not have today. But here's what we're looking at right now. There's many different gifts, but they're all coming from the same place. There's a unity that is given there. There's a unity that must be there. Because you see the gifts, all gifts come from the same person. And that's what we just read right here. But the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God, that is where all of these gifts come from. Now there's different gifts, but they've all come from the exact same place. Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6 says this, There is one body and one Spirit, even as He called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What has brought us all together is God. That's what's brought us together. Listen, why else are we gathering on a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock? Why else? Because we've come together because God's brought us together. We've come together. You think about why we're all here. God's brought us all here. And again, he's brought us here for a specific purpose, and he has gifted each one of us in specific ways to get involved and to serve. There is a unity. All of our gifts came from him. With an orchestra, there is one person that is in charge of that orchestra. The conductor will stand up there and they will wave their arms. Now, when I see somebody do that, I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Right? Doesn't it look like they're just sort of moving their arms back and forth and like no real purpose? Like it looks easy to do. Right? Like anyone can get up there and wave a wand around and move your arms, and anybody can do that. But those of you that understand music know that there's a specific purpose for why they're doing what they're doing. There's a specific reason that they're moving their arm at that speed. Or they're do there's a specific purpose, and what's supposed to be happening is everybody in that orchestra, they have their music there, but they're supposed to be following the conductor. Many times that person will be the one that gives them the different responsibilities. Sometimes when you go to a more professional orchestra, they'll have tryouts for that. That person will often be involved in who makes it or if they're first chair or second chair, or whatever it is. God is the conductor of everything that goes on in this church and should be in any church. Because why? He's, Christ is the head of the church. He, this is his church. 
And so when he's brought us all here, he's the conductor that has brought us all together at this time. And now he is trying to get all of us, just like a conductor must do for an orchestra, to play together. To play the right notes. To come in at the same time. To work together. That's what we're supposed to be doing here. Because see, this came from the same person and it's given for the same purpose. All of us are given the gifts for the same purpose because verse number 12 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. We are the body of Christ. We have been brought together for the same purpose to serve him right here, right now. That's why we're brought together. That's why we're here. To serve God. To ser- and how, when we say serve God, sometimes that just sounds like a, a general term, but what does it mean to serve God? I serve God by serving others. That's how I serve Him. I serve other people so that I'm serving God. And that's why when I serve other people, I'm not as concerned about their response to what I'm doing because I'm serving Him ultimately. I know that by me serving somebody else, they may not give me the thanks that I feel like I deserve, or they may not, whatever it is, but I'm not doing it for them. I'm serving them because I know that's what God wants me to do. Remember what Jesus said in his last night on earth, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That's how we are going to show this world that there's something different about us. Isn't that amazing? Do you ever wonder what would you put in that blank right there? By this shall all men know that you are a Christian. By what? Memorizing the Bible? Wearing the right, the right shirt? By whatever that is. By going to church. That's not what Jesus put there. By loving one another. That's what makes us different. That's what we need to display because we all are living for this same purpose. And he goes on to describe it in verse number 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. What's verse 13 talking about? It doesn't matter who you are. We all became a part of the body of Christ the exact same way. There was no other way to become a part of the body of Christ. And he mentions Jews and Gentiles. Now again, to us, that means nothing now. But at the time that this is written to the church in Corinth, the Jewish people there, they had grown up thinking that Jewish people were better than everybody else. God favored them more than everybody else. And when we read the book of Acts, there's a lot of struggle with the Jewish people. Remember when Cornelius gets saved? Peter comes back and they've got that council in Jerusalem. And remember, there's a problem there because they're like, wait a minute. You went, you went into his house? You ate with him? Like there, there was a big issue going on. So when he's saying Jew and Jew, he said, your nationality does not matter to God. And it doesn't matter in the church of God. He brings up the next thing right there, that whether be bond or free. What is he talking about there? It is said in the Roman uh, Empire at that time, there were so many people that were slaves. I mean, it's a crazy percentage, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but 
people in the church, you would have people that were slaves that were in the church, and you would have people that were very wealthy. But here's what he's saying. It doesn't matter. Because in the church, it does not matter if you're wealthy or have nothing. You're a member of the body of Christ. These are things that really matter to other organizations, aren't they? To other people. Your social standing. You know, nationality. Those are things that matter. But in the church, these are things that should absolutely never matter. Because we all got here the exact same way. It continues on in verse number 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Matthew Henry said it this way. The members many, but the body one. We have all different people here. All different ages. All different capabilities. All these different. But God's brought us here. Verse 15, a foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? You see, we see a unity of gifts, but we're also going to see a diversity of gifts. And Paul is going to illustrate the diversity of gifts by using our own body. Our body has different members that serve different purposes. And it sort of brings up a humorous illustration when you look at it right here in verses 15 and 16. If in verse 16, if the ear shall say, I'm not the eye, I'm not as important because I'm not the eye, so I, don't, I want to be an eye. How foolish is that for the body, right? And it brings up, if the whole body were an eye, your body's not functioning very well. There's a lot of things you would not be able to do if basically everything in your body was an eye. Now, you may be able to see really well, see things coming from all different directions, I guess, but you wouldn't be able to do anything. And this is what happens in a church when people begin to look and say, I want to be that, I want to do that. And God's saying, no, you were created for a purpose. And what we must do is discover what our gift is and then use our gift. It continues on in verse number 18, and this is so important. But now hath God set the members, every one in the body, as it hath pleased him. God has set every one in the body as it hath pleased him. Again, we've talked about this. This means God brought us all here. And then he's given us all the gifts that he's given us. And we can look at it and we can say, well, I, I've taken this spiritual gifts test and I think I have this gift, but you know what? I'd really like this other gift. God's the one that gave it to you. He gave it to you for a purpose. Or we can sit there and say, well, I have this gift, but I don't really want to use this gift. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really want to serve. I, I, I know this is the gift, but, but I just... I don't want to serve. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I've got too much going on. God's given you the gift. And he's given you the gift to use the gift. Verse number 19 continues, and, therefore all, and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. 
And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Here's what these verses are talking about. Every part of your body matters. And that's very easy for us to recognize, isn't it? One of the greatest ways to illustrate this is something that I'm sure each and every one of us have done. You've gotten up in the middle of the night, you're walking to maybe get a drink, you're, you're, you're walking somewhere, and your little toe, you run it into something. That little toe, very small, doesn't really seem to have a purpose if you really think about it. But as soon as you run that into something, the whole body hurts. The whole body is affected. And you may look at it and say, well, no, no, it's, it's, I mean, nobody's going to see my little toe, right? Like, I'm wearing shoes. Nobody's going to see that. But it affects the whole body. You get an injury. G give you an example. How many of you have ever hurt your back? You ever hurt your back? Probably all have, right? Lifted something, done something. And, and it could be something very small in your back, but can it affect everything? I mean, it can affect everything, right? There's times where maybe you're not even really able to get up because you've done something to your back. Now, that, your, your spinal cord is something that hopefully you're never really going to see, but it's very, very important. Isn't it amazing that some of the most important organs in your body you never see? You never see them. Think about the most important body you have in your, or most important organ, I'm sorry, you have in your body, your heart. Now, you may hear your heart, but you're, you're not seeing that. But if that's not working right, there's, there's a problem. Your brain, all of these things are things we never see, but they are very, very important. And when we look at the church and we look at these ministry gifts, there is not a gift on here that is better than the other one. They are all equally important. Just as in your body, every part of your body is important. That is the same at the body of Christ. We are all important. We all have a job to do. We all, when you look at the church, here, here's what has become a problem in churches all throughout this country. <laughs> I was talking to um, some people last night. We were sitting around the campfire and we were talking about this, this very concept. You know what the church has become? People look at the church more as an organization now. It's an organization. That's not what the church is. The church is an organism. It is a living creature. What does that mean? That's us. We are living people. The church is an organization. You have all of this structure. You have all of this. And, and here's what happens in an organization. We expect other people to do things. We sit back and we wait and we expect other people to take care of certain things. That's why in an organization, right, you have a job that you might have. Sometimes you have those people that will sit back and they're like, well, that's not my, my job. You know, the toilet's overflowing, and there's a mess going on in the office, but they're not going to help out at all because that doesn't fall under my job description. Right? They're just looking at, hey, this is, this is what I do. I'm not, I'm not doing anything else. And that's what an organization looks at. Hey, I, I, I don't, I'm just here for myself. I'm just here for what I can get out of this. In, in, in your job, isn't, isn't that what most people go to a job for? The paycheck. Right? 
I mean, my, my first job was Long John Silver's. My first job. I promise you, I was not going to Long John Silver's on my days off just to hang out. That, that was not where I was spending my time. I wasn't like so excited about it that I'm like, man, you know what? I know I've got today off, but I'm going to go help them out. Somebody's got to fry that fish. I've got to be there. No, no, I, I didn't want to be there, right? Because wh why was I there for what I could get out of it? And when it came to a time where I didn't get anything out of it, then I no longer wanted to be there. See, when we look at church as an organization, we look at it, how can this serve me best? What can this do for me? And when we go to a church and we find, well, this church isn't doing everything I want it to do for me, well, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'll go find another church. I'll go do this. I'll go do that. But that's not what the church is. The church is an organism. It's a living thing. So we're not a group that gathers to watch the paid professionals play like sporting events. Isn't that what we do at sporting events? We go and we pay money and we sit there and we watch to be entertained. Church is not a source of entertainment. Now I will say this. I also do not believe church is a place that we should go to where you're not allowed to smile, you're not allowed to laugh, and I, I, I don't believe that either. But I don't believe that church should be a place we're going to be entertained, to watch, to see what's going on. Why? Because here's the truth of the matter. Of every person that is a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, we are all citizens of the same kingdom. We're all members of the same family. We're all the bride for the same bridegroom, sheep of the same flock, branches on the same vine, and what we just looked at, members of the same body. And in this church, in any church, you are just as important as me, and I am just as important as you. Every member is equally important. No member is more important based on their gifts and their standing. We are all a part of the body of Christ. Now, he brings us all a part of the body, and he gives all of us different responsibilities, and some of those responsibilities may seem like you're more out in front. But all responsibilities are equally the same. All gifts are equally important in the church. You and me, we are both important at Mountain Avenue Baptist Church. Why? Because God brought us here. Because God has given us a responsibility. You see, there's a diversity of gifts. I heard a humorous story about a car plant. And this is just a made-up story, but sort of illustrates this point for us. A car plant, and they were talking about unity and how everybody in the car plant, they wanted all of the workers just to really become unified. And so they got together. They, they sort of formed, I guess, a union, you could almost call it. And what can we do to get everybody on the same page, to get everybody unified? And they came up with a plan, and they went to the bosses, and they said, here's what we've got. Everybody's voted on this. Everybody's agreed. We think that this would really help the company. We're all unified. Here's what we all want to do. Each of us wants to be responsible for screwing in the screws on the left taillight of the vehicle. Each and every one of us want that job. That's what we want to do. Now think about a company like that. If that's what every employee is doing is the exact same thing, there's no car to put that taillight onto. There's no screws there to put that together. You see, for an assembly line, Everybody's working together, doing different things. But what's the same purpose they all have? For a car. In a church, what are we all doing? 
we're working together. We've got different responsibilities. We've got different places that, that God has gifted us to serve. But what we need to do is to serve. Not look around and say, well, I wish I had this gift or because I don't have this gift. Sort of like what it said right there. The eyes saying, well, because I'm, I'm not the hand, then I'm not going to do this. That, that, that's silly for us to think about. But the truth is it happens in churches. Because I don't have this gift, I'm not, I'm not using mine. Well, here's what really happens in a lot of churches. We're just like that, those people that were given a gift card. God's given you the gift. But here's what we're doing. We're not using it. It's sitting there. Maybe some of you have gift cards in your, your purse or your wallet that have been there for a while. You think about it right after you leave the restaurant. Oh, I have that gift card. I should have used it tonight. Oh, that's when it comes to your mind, not... 10 minutes earlier. But are we doing that with the gifts God's given us? God's given us a gift. Do you, have you discovered what that gift is? If you haven't, then let me encourage you to really pray, to really ask God to find out what that gift is. And now let me ask you this question. Are you developing that gift? How do you develop that gift? By using that gift. Are you using the gift that God has given you? Say, okay, I feel like this is my gift, but I don't know how to use it. Why, why, don't, why don't we talk? Why, why don't you get together with somebody from the church and say, hey, this is a gift I feel like I have. What are ways that you think I can use this? And let's get everybody plugged in. Let's make Mountain Avenue Baptist Church not a spectator place where we come to show up, to be entertained, to leave, to punch the time clock, to get out, whatever it is. Let's make this a living organism where each part of the body is doing what they're intended to do. That's what the church is. That's what God created the church for. So again, do you know the three questions we've asked all throughout this study? I believe the three questions that must be answered. Have you received the greatest gift of all? Do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? Do you know what your spiritual gift is? then are you using your spiritual gift? These are questions that you must answer. And hopefully through some of this study, we have seen some of the answers, and hopefully it's, it's, it's maybe helped you understand, because again, we want to discover, develop, and use our gifts. Why? For the glory of God. We're not talking about this so that people look at Mountain Avenue Baptist Church, or any church, as some great church. That, that's... If people in this community believe that Mountain Avenue Baptist Church is a great church, I think we failed to a point. Because here's what I want people in this community to know about this church. This is a church that serves a great God. Because that's what we do. That's what we're doing. So everything we do is pointing people to God. That's what we need it to be. So the gifts that we use, it's not to point people to us. It's to point people to Him. Are you using your gifts that God has given you? In the setting that He has given you? to serve the people that he has placed you by. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you, God, for all that you do. And God, I just thank you for this illustration that you have given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I thank you, God, first off, for making it something simple to understand. We all understand the body and how each member of the body is important. And through that illustration, it helps us understand our church and how you've placed each one of us here and each member of this church is important. 
And God, I pray that you'd help each one of us to use the gifts that you've given to us. We do pray tonight also, God, for our teenagers that are away. God, would you keep them safe? And I pray you'd speak to their hearts even right now. Even right now, they may be in a service. God, would you speak to them? I thank you for our juniors as they're concluding their camp here in just a few minutes. We'll be heading back. Keep them safe, but I pray they won't forget the the messages, the decisions that they've made while they've been at camp. And then, God, we pray for our community. We pray for, for banning public schools as they start tomorrow. Pray for safety for all the students as they'll be traveling to school, the buses that'll be out, the teachers, the students this year. God, I pray that you would send a revival, that there would be many, many students, many teachers that come to know you this year. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. I pray you be with our pastor as he's away. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, thank you guys for for being here tonight. And uh, we'll look forward to Sunday. Hope that you're able to join us. Sunday, 930, our growth group classes. 1030, we'll have our morning worship service. And we will look forward to seeing you guys then. Hope you guys have a, a great night. Thank you again for being here.